When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Let me just say, after Vera distorting the belt, they're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all with a tear in my eye this is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. Welcome, everybody, to the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We are live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube, and uh, we are powered up by the Belly Up Sports Network of Podcast. Yours truly, Lou Gamlin, here with you in the chair. Good morning, as I mentioned. Normally, you see us on uh, Wednesday nights from 7 to about 8 or 8.30 Eastern time. You're on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube, but uh, as I mentioned on uh, social media, a little bit of... Uh, I'm on the DL, if you will. I had a little surgery on my ankle, on my foot, a uh, little Achilles tendon attention needed. So I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be doing a little, kind of a little curveball here. We're throwing a little curveball. We're going to be on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 10 to about 11 o'clock in the morning. So, and of course, it'll be rebroadcast. You can catch it anytime on our YouTube channel, the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. Day one of the draft was yesterday. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Winners and losers, if you will. Shockers, head scratchers. My Detroit Lions, yeah, uh, kind of a head scratcher there with a couple of picks. You know, it's funny as you didn't see those coming. But, uh, you know, I trust in Brad Holmes. We'll see what happens. As uh, it, 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 You're always going to wonder what's going to happen in these drafts two to three years from now. Some big moves made last night. The Houston Texans mortgaging a couple of years to come up to get Will Anderson. Will that work for them? Uh, again, only time's going to tell. I thought the Eagles made some great moves. Jalen Carter at nine and getting uh, Nolan Smith at 30, two probably impact players right away for the Eagles. They addressed their weaknesses. The only thing I worry about with Carter, obviously, is his off-the-field issues. We're going to talk about that as well. Some of the other teams that made some uh, interesting moves, Atlanta got their guy in Bijan. We'll talk about that. Also joining us on the program here in a couple of minutes, Todd Corder, one of our friends of the show. He's got his show, the ATL Prime Sports. You can hear that on Twitter Spaces and also on their YouTube channel. He's going to stop by and give us his thoughts on the NFL draft. And also we've got week six of the, or I'm sorry, uh, opening round of the 
Stanley Cup playoffs, game six for a lot of these teams coming up tonight. Only one team has clinched a spot in round two in five games, and that being the Las Vegas Golden Knights. So, again, thanks for joining us here this morning on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube and, of course, on our social media platforms, Twitter Live, Facebook Live. You can follow us on the Captain Lou Extravaganza Facebook page. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at The Real Captain Lou. And I invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which that being uh, the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. You can archive and look at all of our past shows, a lot of our ACHA power plays. And uh, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up. And, uh, of course, we are powered up by the Belly Up Network of Network of Podcasts. Check our website out, bellyupsports.com. And uh, we've got a lot of great writers on there. A lot of people talking about the draft held yesterday. It's funny how the NFL can captivate an audience, even in the offseason like they did. Of course, all the teams. Um, you know, all, all it, it, It's like everybody's got a, a new lease on life with the NFL draft. And uh, some of the, you know, it, you can play armchair quarterback all you want with a lot of these uh, picks, but we're going to have our turn to do that as well. So, again, we want to thank uh, the folks at Belly Up for letting us be a part of the of their network. And, of course, check out bellyupsports.com. A lot of interesting stuff going on with that. We've got a great group of writers covering all the major sports, football, basketball, hockey, and, of course, baseball. And then, of course, some of the sports you don't pay a lot of attention to, uh, pro wrestling, soccer, you name it. We've got it all covered for you on bellyupsports.com. So, all right, yeah, again, the NFL draft, day one in the books yesterday. Um, again, the fanfare, it gets bigger and bigger every year, doesn't it? Live from Kansas City, first pick of the draft, of course, uh, the Carolina Panthers, they got their guy, C.J. Stroud, and, uh, you know, he's probably going to be a day one starter for sure. So, anyways, let's see if we can't go to the phone lines right now, and uh, let's bring in our uh, – guest here if i can get my technology all up to date here now let's uh go to our guest line and bring in a friend of the show always gracious with his time todd quarter todd how are you my friend fantastic how are you i'm doing good you know uh day one of the nfl draft uh, a lot of surprises we'll get into that here shortly uh we got a lot to talk about with the draft and of course uh uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs with uh, only one team clinching in five games. A lot of interesting scenarios there. But, Todd, let's get into the draft. Day one, it's a spectacle now. Every year it gets bigger and bigger. Kansas City was is the host this year. And uh, right off the bat, it looks like the Carolina Panthers got their guy with uh, with uh, Bryce Young. Oh, that was everyone's thought that they were going to go there. anything are the coaches the owner and the gm and all the speculation and then bryce young did go uh right to know me that's kind of unfair if you watch him play I don't think size man, matters at all. This this kid has all the good, and he should be a really good one at the next level. The question is, will he start right away in Charlotte? 
Well, that's the number one question, of course. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it makes you wonder, you know, I was listening to somebody earlier today, Todd, about that. And one of the things that they said was if you pick Bryce Young, be prepared for him not to be able to start a couple of games because of his size. I don't know if I buy that. I think he's a big playmaker, and I, I think he is going to probably step right in and start day one. Well, the game has changed today. Um, it allows more. You've got more spread option in the NFL, even though Bryce is not that type of guy. He's got a great quick release. He has excellent touch on the ball. Uh, so his receivers can get the yak after the catch. Uh, mentally, he's really prepared all the time, as Nick Saban would say. Uh, and he's been real durable in college. He's a real fit for Frank Reich's offense. And, you know, they have that new coordinator, Thomas Brown, who comes from the Rams scheme that uses shifts and motions and to create uh, confusion. And with young accuracy, he does have a shot to start the first game uh, for the Carolina Panthers. We'll see how it works out. Well, you know, the other thing too, Todd, is let's get right back into uh, the top two picks. Houston, you know, the Houston Texans, they got their guy in C.J. Stroud. It was funny. We could talk about it a little bit later with Will Levis. He, uh, um, you know, there was talk that he might be the second quarterback taken or possibly even the first. He had the entourage with him last night. He didn't even go in the first round. But I think the bigger move with Houston is what they gave up for the third pick with Arizona, and they got their guy, Will Anderson. I think. You know, you talk about making a splash on opening day. Boy, they sure did it. Well, there's no question about it. They went from nine to three. They gave up quite a bit to get him. He is the best defensive player in this draft. Um, you know, his first step, he's quick. He's got powerful hands. He's just outstanding. Sea ball, get ball, football player. His instincts are excellent. He can stack blockers. He just locates the ball, see ball, get ball, and that's what you want um, in, a, in a linebacker, and especially an outside linebacker who is going to come off that edge. And, and he's still, he'll be dangerous as a pass rusher also. You'll be able to use him uh, in multi-dimensional ways on defense. And you know what? I like the Texans' aggressiveness, uh, aggress, being aggressive and going after what they wanted, and they did it. Well, so I was just going to ask you: Did they? Do you think they gave up too much for him? You know, giving up a lot of picks for him. I know that they made a splash, and I like Anderson too. I was hoping that Detroit might get him. We'll talk about the Lions' picks in a little bit, but do you think they gave up too much for him? Well, if Anderson plays really well, um, no, and I expect him to play really well. I mean, that's the player they wanted. Why not? I know it's going to cost them picks in the future, but they can maybe get back them picks by trading down in later drafts. So, you know, you can always trade down and get extra picks and make up for the ones that you lost. Well, that's what we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But, yes, he's an impact player. Houston made a splash. I like to pick a Stroud. I think he's a durable quarterback. You know, I've watched him enough play at Ohio State. You know, I – the knock, if this is a knock, is that he, you know, he had ready-made NFL receivers. I, I just don't buy that. 
you know, you still got to be able to get the ball to these receivers. And I just, I think he's a heck of a pickup for Houston. Now you've got, um, you've got Indianapolis getting uh, the going forward with the quarterback out of Florida Richardson. I, I don't mind the pick. I, I think he's going to need work. Um, you know, we talk about opening day starters. Obviously, I think Stroud's going to be a starter uh, along with Young. I don't know if Richardson is, um, but I know he's not going to – they're not going to wait long to play him. But I, there's a lot of potential. That's always a scary word, Todd, with me, that word potential with Richardson. He's got the ability well, – you know, that, that, that's a big reach if you're going to go that route at, with the fourth pick. Well, think about it. He is tailor-made for Shane Steichen's system. He has what he's elite. He is a one big physical dude. What, 6'4", right around 250. Uh, He can extend plays. He's got a strong arm. He can drive the ball downfield pretty easily. His size, his strength. I mean, he can, you know, they can use him on design runs and scrambles. And he's going to fit Shane Steichen's system, like I mentioned, coming over from Philadelphia, who he previously worked with Jalen Hurts. And look what he did with Jalen Hurts, really successful with him. I mean, the Colts are going to have to be patient. There's no question about it. Uh, And we'll see how it works out. We'll see when he steps in. Is it this year? Is it next year? Uh, Nobody knows. Yeah, I got to think. I got to believe he's going to play this year. I know. I know. What is the. I think Gardner Minshew is their quarterback right now. He'll probably be their day one starter, Todd. But gosh, I think down the road, it, it to me in a few weeks, it's you're. I, I would say like week four or five. You know, it just depends if he's ready. You know, but I think that he is going to be a starter there this year. The only thing is, if I can say, his completion percentage was not. It was not good at all right. in college. That's something you'll have to. He'll have to improve on it. What was it, fifty-four percent approximately? So that's not going to cut it in the National Football League. He's going to have to become a way more accurate passer to be successful. Jalen or Jalen Carter goes nine to Philadelphia, Todd. And you know, I, we talked about it on your show. I, yeah, you know, I, I, I had my doubts off the field with him, but boy, oh boy, he's a playmaker on the field, and. I think he's obviously going to make an impact right away in Philadelphia. They filled a glaring need. Well, I don't know if it's glaring, but a big enough need that I think it cost them in the Super Bowl. Then they got Nolan Smith at 30, who I was kind of hoping the Lions would take at 18 last night. Um, God, the Philadelphia, I thought, made out so far really, really well in day one of the draft. Fly, Eagles, fly. That's the saying up there. And I swear to God, they've got some kind of uh, extended campus up there in Athens because they've got four players now on the defense. you, you got to include Jordan and, of, of, course, uh, of course, Dean. Uh, and now you've got Jalen Carter, and, and you mentioned the outside linebacker, Nolan Smith. That's four players from UGA, and they're all going to play, and they're going to play heavy minutes. I'm just wondering if there's going to be an Eagles campus in Athens or if there is an Athens campus up in Philadelphia. That's quite some story. And you mentioned it, Jalen Carter. Uh, he, you know, some people said he took plays off on tape. I sure didn't see him play, taking uh, plays off. I mean, he is out of shape. 
but he's going into an environment where, hey, this is a uh, NFC championship team, and the emphasis on winning is extremely high. Carter ought to be extremely motivated, and he should play well. I mean, it's just the physical skills on this guy is incredible. He is going to clog the middle. He will be the middle. You know, he's so strong. His first step is explosive. I mean, this is a top-tier interior pass rusher. And if you can get that in the NFL, you're going to make life very difficult for opposing quarterbacks. The only thing is, is the character issue. And I've heard so many rumors and innuendos and this and that. But look, he met with Philadelphia. And Carter's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, did a great job. He said, we're not talking to anybody outside the top ten. And you know what? He went in the top ten at nine. For Nolan Smith, you mentioned it for Detroit. Uh, this, to me, is a steal at, what, 31? And my linebacker that was just, oh, my gosh, man. Uh, this guy, his speed bursts off the tape. He closes extremely well. He can get to the quarterback. He's an excellent run stopper. He can cover. I mean, this guy can do it all. Uh, this is a great draft for Philadelphia in round one. And, you know, he's going to learn from Austin Reddick. Uh, 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 that, that, that right there is a huge benefit for Nolan Smith as Hassan Reddick is the local Philadelphia kid. How excited are they in Atlanta for B. John Robinson? Wow. You know what? They can thank the Detroit Lions for getting Robinson because he was there at six. And I truly believe the Lions would have taken him had they not got the extra pick in the second round. And it's very close to a first-round pick. So I don't blame the Lions for trading down later more on that. But getting this kid, I mentioned it on my uh, podcast on ATL Prime Sports. You can go get it on Twitter Spaces, and you can get all other podcasts on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and et cetera. I've mentioned it. He is pound for pound the best player in the draft. He, they didn't use him enough in Texas. Uh, it's going to be interesting. You'll be with Algier in the backfield for Atlanta. This is going to take the pressure off Desmond Ritter. They can run the football, take uh, take time off the clock, and help out that defense tremendously. And now I think you'll see the Falcons draft defense in round two. Well, let's get to the Lions. They made um, first of all, they made the trade. You mentioned it. They picked up an extra second round pick, which, in a lot of senses, is is a late round first or late round pick in the first round. They get the thirty fourth pick. So now they've got three picks today coming in the second round. But they get Gibbs out of uh, Alabama. I was a little surprised. I think stunned would be the right word when I saw it. I wasn't expecting that pick at 12. I thought they were going to go after defensive help. And then at 18, I thought with Smith still available, they might go that route. They ended up getting Campbell, the kid out of Iowa, who was the Buckets Award winner uh, for linebacker play. Didn't see that one coming. It's funny, Todd, up around here, there's no middle ground. Either the folks really like it or they really hate it. And I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, these weren't names that I saw coming for Detroit. I got to be honest with you. Uh, I've done a little bit of research since they made the picks. 
Um, I, I hope to God it works out. This Gibbs can, looks like he can be a big playmaker, uh, the kid out of Alabama. But one thing it tells me is uh, you won't see uh, DeAndre Swift in a Detroit Lions inter, uh, uniform for very long. Oh, I believe it. He's going to get traded. There's, there's all signs are pointing to that way, whether it happens or not. Who knows? Yeah. But Tamir Gibbs, I, I tell you what, I have zero problem with this pick. I know they need defense and help. They can get it in the second round. More on that in a minute. Um, this kid is a home run hitter. He can make defenders whip in open space. He can make them whip in tight spaces. His ability to run away from defenders. You know what? He's more powerful than you think he is. He's elusive. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can take it all the way on the run. Uh, wow. I, you know what? I love this pick. The Lions know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. I, I, I tell you what. I love this pick. I think he's just as good as back. Almost as good as back as Robinson in the draft, and maybe when you use the, the, the coming out and catching the ball out of the backfield, that's even an extra bonus. And you know what word I really hate in the draft? It starts with a V. It's value. <laughs> oh, this is not a good value pick. Who gives a rat bit? Yeah, I hear you. A valuable pick. He can play. Yeah, and you know, you don't, you don't, you didn't hear a lot about Campbell at eighteen. You know, the, again, that value word. I see, I hear that too. I, you know, I'm trying not to be too much of a Lions fan and sticking up for the picks, but these guys know what they're doing. I mean, Holmes has done a tremendous job with Detroit in the couple of years that he's been here. I, I like the pick. They say, you know, I, I've listened to uh, some of the guys last night on ESPN and also on the, the NFL network. They like the ability of this guy. You know, from side to side, he's going to be a good run stopper, I think, for the Lions. You know, his name is all over this pick, and nobody's mentioned it is Chris Spielman. This is Chris Spielman. It is. Golden tape in Ohio State. Love Golden it. Jeff Campbell's tape in Iowa. See ball, get ball, cover the guy. I can do it even though they say his coverage is not great. I tell you, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have great speed, but he can cover guys. Go watch the Ohio State game. He picked that pass off against uh, Stroud. He read it and picked it off. All he is is see ball, get ball. This is Chris Spielman all over it. And you know what? I don't care if it's a value or a reach. You're going to plug and play this guy day one, and you're going to plug and play his. I like what the Lions did, fan or not. Yeah. This is something that goes against the quote-unquote value in the reach. If it's your guy, go get him and don't listen to anybody else. Well, a couple of the moves that I, I also thought were a little surprising before we get to uh, you know, talking about maybe the second round real quick. I thought that the uh, Jets would go to do something to help uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers on the offensive side of the ball either a tight end or potentially an offensive lineman. A little bit surprised there. And Dallas, you know, you watch those guys, it's like a comedy show in their war room. You know, I know they wanted Kincaid out of Utah, and they didn't get him, and it looked like they didn't know what the hell to do. Finally, they got Maisie Smith out of Michigan. I, 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 I don't know what, you know, I'm not, I don't feel sorry for Aaron Rodgers in one bit. 
but it seems like that guy can never get an offensive weapon drafted for him or offensive help in the first round, no matter what team he's at. Well, you know what? Look, you saw the offensive lineman taken before him. Pittsburgh took the guy that they would have taken yeah. had, you know, had it been their turn. They went for the best available player. And honestly, I, it was a great pick. This guy is a double-digit sack master who is going to keep his team's defense off the field and give Aaron Rodgers and company extra time with the football. You're going to plug and play him. That Jets D-line is going to be as good as anybody's in the NFL. And I, you know what? I, I, I you, you know he's an outside linebacker, but they're going to move him all over the place. I like the pick, despite the circumstances. What is he, 6'5", 240? Good luck trying to move him. I mean, this is a really good pick. And you know what? The Jets went for the best player they thought available when they couldn't get the offensive lineman. They can get an offensive lineman in the second round, and they'll be just fine. Well, wait, we'll have to wait and see on that. You know, I just I, – I was – that one was kind of a head-scratcher with me, but – you know, your point's well taken about this draft. You know, value, I think, is is a word that's overused. And uh, I don't know. I mean, like you said. the offensive tackles were taken. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, the, for the ones that were really going to go high. I mean, they just, you know, had they not made the trade, they would have gotten one at 13, but they wouldn't have had one. They wouldn't have had Aaron Rodgers. Right. So, well. there's, you know, there's, which decision you make? I think I take Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. With uh, with uh, with with the, the McDonald kid out of uh, Iowa State. Yeah, well, he's not a bad player. I agree with he's you. Terrific. He's a good player, and he'll 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 make an immediate impact. There's no doubt about it. You know, you talk about the dog and pony shows. I, I like to use that term. I've used it too much lately, but boy, oh boy, I don't know if you got if you caught Will Levis in his entourage there yesterday. That poor kid ended up not getting picked in the first round. He had eye candy under each arm at the draft last night. Now, now he's in the second round or possibly lower. Who do you think goes first tonight or possibly tomorrow? Will Levis or Hendon Hooker? Wow, that's a tough question. <laughs> Can I go back one second and, yeah. and mention the kid last night that had cancer and made the pick for the Jets? That was great. That was fantastic. I have kids of my own. I almost had a tear in my eye. I started to, and my wife said, what's that salty discharge coming down? You know, and it was just, and then she said, hey, I'm starting to get it too. This is really good. It's the only really part of the draft that I actually saw. Um, I was watching a lot of the Stanley Cup last night with Toronto. Um, and then, of course, for Dallas's pick, I did not, you know, where they were and what they did, getting Macy Smith out of Michigan, this is a good pick. I mean, Dallas seems to really draft well. I don't care for the, the other stuff in the locker room, but it's the Cowboys and it's the glitz and glamour. But I still think they did a solid job, and the scouts for the Cowboys do a really good job for, their, for Jerry Jones and their war room. In terms of best available, I don't know who's going. I mean, who's the first guy? I mean, you look at it, and, and, and who's going? Pittsburgh, they're not taking a quarterback. No. Um, to me, it's going to be the quarterback, Joey Porter Jr., out of Penn State. This is a home guy. 
Yeah. Well, I hope he's available for Detroit at 34. That's <laughs> that's where that's Wait. who I'd go for. But you, you know, know like Big Mike will be available for Detroit at 34. Keanu Benton, the defensive yeah. tackle out of Wisconsin. This I, is the guy that I would like to see available for too. Detroit. Either one of those, I think, I wouldn't be upset with either one of those picks. And, you know, again, we talked about it at the top of the show. Those are, you might as well call them late first-round picks because that's what they are. They could, uh, these guys could have went anywhere from 15 to 30 last night. So, you know, I think Lewis, uh, uh, oh gosh, Lewis Riddick made a great point last night. He said, once you get to about 14 or 15, and you brought it up too, it's the best player available more often than not. And, you know, I think a lot of these, a lot of these early to mid second round picks, even late second round picks, they're going to be impact players on day one of the NFL season. No, there's no question. It's where you win the draft is from three on down. Everybody yeah. does pretty well in rounds one, two. Yeah. It's what you do three and four on down. I tell you what, if you're looking for a tight end, and there are a couple of them right away. Luke Musgrave and Michael Meyer, the tight end out of Notre Dame yeah. and then Oregon State, respectively. These are two big-time players. Um, Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama. I think Hendon Hooker is going to go before uh, before Will Levis. That's my guess. I got a feeling he is, too. I don't know why. I just like his physical presence better. And I think I, just... I, and, and Joey Porter, I think he's going to Pittsburgh. Penn I State too. guy. His, 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 what, his father played for, for the Steelers? Yep. Bye. Bye, <laughs> Joey. You're going first. It, it sure seems too obvious for that to happen, you know. I, I, I tend to agree with you. We're joined here today on the Captain Lou Extravaganza uh, by Todd Quarter from uh, the ATL Prime Sports, one of uh, my uh, cohorts in crime, if you will, on the ACHA broadcast on the Nationals. Uh, and also he does a lot of work with high school and college sports in the Georgia area, kind enough to uh, uh, be with us here today on this uh, Friday, the day after the draft, day one, April the 28th. Todd, let's switch gears. Let's put the pigskin away. Let's get the hockey pucks out. Stanley Cup playoffs, man. It's one of the best times of year. You know, it's, in my opinion, and I think you share it with me, the most exciting playoff run, if not uh, – you know, one of the toughest trophies to get in all of sports. We've got only one team that has punched their ticket to the second round through five games. We've got seven series left to be decided. Game six is this weekend, today and tomorrow. There's probably going to be a ton of game sevens. I, I honestly thought that Toronto might punch their ticket last night. Tampa's just, you know, when you've got Vasilevsky in net, you can never count them out. Wow, this is going to set up for just a tremendous weekend of uh, Stanley Cup hockey. Vasilevsky was brilliant yesterday in Toronto, and I got a really good friend of mine I went to school with. He played high school baseball with Jim Abbott. Um, he calls him the name dynasty, which is really hysterical. I like it. Um, when you look at this Tampa Bay roster, you just think experience and winning with Steve Stamkos and et cetera. This is a really good team, and it's going to be a really difficult out for Toronto. And if this thing does get to a game seven, oh. I like Tampa Bay to win it. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's uh, the crazy thing about this tournament. We, You and I talked about this the other day, the first round. The road teams, 
have been the dominant teams. You know, I think there's a stretch, 12 out of the 14, last 14 games. And then, so you add Tampa's win last night. Uh, so, you know, was it 13 out of 16 have been road wins? I mean, you know, except for last night, the Devils pretty much dismantled the Rangers. I think they've gotten the uh, momentum there. But the road teams, holy cow, they, they, they come to play this year. Well, I mean, for Toronto, Austin Matthews and Tavares and Marner and company, they're really going to have to step up and uh, step up. And Samson Hoff is going to have to be terrific for Toronto to get game six in Tampa. And they were fortunate to get the last one. I don't think they get that one. I see it going back to Tampa. Oh, the Devil Series, Schmidt. He does it again, and wow. this time he adds a shutout. And they can close the Rangers out at the Garden. How sweet would that be for Devil fans? I got a feeling that I think the Rangers are in real trouble now. Boy, I thought that they had a – I honestly <laughs> thought that they had a, a good grip on that series when they you know, took the first couple of games. They're up 2 nothing, and I thought – this one could be over, but boy, oh boy, that another one I think could go seven there. You look at Colorado, Todd, you know, the defending champs, they've been beset by injuries. And then McCarr with that unfortunate hit where he ended up getting a suspension. You know, Seattle, I think they were fortunate to get a Colorado team that I think may have uh, maybe running out a little bit of steam. It's so hard to repeat in any sport to be a champion, but Colorado's on the brink going to Seattle this weekend in game six. You know, I don't know what to think about this series. Um, yeah, Colorado's a proud defending champion. Can they get game six in Seattle? No question about it. Seattle hasn't really played well in their home building. No. And they're under 500. And Colorado has played really well on the road with a 51-plus scoring differential. So, I mean, golly. I mean, you know, Ranikin's going to have to play really well. McKinnon's going to have to really play well. McKinnon's got, what, eight goals and five assists over the past uh, ten games. I mean, I, I, I don't know with a lanch, you know, they got to stay out of the box. Whoever can stay out of the box is going to win game six. And I got a feeling this series is going seven. It would be a neat story if Seattle knocked off the defending champs, uh, it, especially as the second-year franchise. Nobody would have saw it coming at the beginning of the year. You mentioned the injuries. They are obviously a, a part of this series, no question. I like it to go seven, and I like Colorado to steal it. All right, that leads me to my uh, next question for you. You know, we, we just talked about it. There's going to be a potential of a, quite a few game sevens. What is, what is your best bet? What team do you think has the best chance to force a game seven? And which team do you think is the best bet to close out in game six? I think the Islanders have the best chance to, to get to a game seven as long as they can stay on the box yeah. and stay five on five. They've outplayed the Hurricanes, them in Tampa Bay. Um, uh, they've outplayed the Hurricanes five on five. They can stay out of the box. 
they did really well on the penalty kill. They limited the penalties in the game five win. Uh, they're going to get a home game. I like them to win. And I tell you what, that Islander Magic, I could see them stealing game seven in, 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 uh, in Charlotte. It's possible. It would be a miraculous comeback. It's right up the Islanders franchise history poll. I'll have Stefan Rosner on ATL Prime Sports Live on Twitter Spaces. He covers the Islanders um, uh, for the uh, hockey news. And, and I'll talk to him for about 15, 20 minutes today, live at 2 Eastern. I like the Islanders, and I like Tampa Bay. Oh, and, and I, I'm the obvious one to close it out to me is Boston. I do think they finally close it out against Florida. If they don't, all the pressure is on them in their building in Game 7 because what a gutty effort by Kachuk and the Panthers uh, getting, uh, getting uh, Game 5. Boy, it definitely was. And such a couple of uncharacteristic mistakes by a team like Boston at the end of game five and then into overtime. Boy, oh boy, I, you know, I give uh, Bobrowski uh, all the credit in the world for stopping Marchant there right at the end of regulation time and with that breakaway. And then their defender almost kicked it into the net after he made that save with about five tenths of a second left. And then they were able to win that one. But I think I'm with you on game six. I think Boston closes it out. And I just, I got a feeling Edmonton's going to move on in game six. I don't see that one going seven. I think they're going to put the clamps down on the Kings uh, this weekend in game six and move on. Nothing surprises me. I love your comment, though, stopping that save there, and then the defender almost kicked it in. That is 100% spot on. That was what you called it was meant to be to get a game six. It definitely and is. loving it because it's four dollars. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Oh, sure. They all want game sevens, and you know what? I want them too. Oh, I think everybody does, except for the fans of the teams that are playing. You know, with the you know biting their nails and whatnot. You know, there's. There, could you imagine having seven game sevens this weekend? I mean, bring it on! I want it. I think. I you think. Can the Wild do it against the Stars, Lou? Uh, I mean, can they get game six at home? I mean, sure they can. I do too. I mean, I do too. Wow, this is this is this is magnificent stuff. If we get seven same game sevens, I can't see it, but I can't rule it out. Boy, oh boy, that's it's what a lot of people are the box, there. playing well five on five, getting pucks towards the net, and not taking stupid penalties. Wow. Yep, it's going to be a hockey fans dream is this weekend with seven game sixes and in a potential of having seven and game sevens. my wife's sevens. on town Bill Monday. What are you going to do this weekend? <laughs> well, I've got to work, but I can guarantee you in the evening, I know what I'm doing. Oh, well, me too. With, with being laid up on the couch, I know what I'm doing, that's for sure. Real quick, Todd, I want to go back to football before we close out the show. Um, Lamar Jackson, Signed his contract yesterday, hours before the trade or before the uh, draft started. You know, all the hullabaloo, all the, you know, the talk, you know, he's going to hold out this and that. He ended up signing for $10 million more than what he was offered at the beginning of last year. You know, God bless him. He's getting life altering money. I think he deserves it. You know, I think, and I was watching Ross Tucker before we came on together here, Todd, and he brought up a great point. He's he's like, here's a guy that he could have signed this. I know hindsight's 2020. 
Could have signed this at the beginning of 2022. Such a great risk with the way he plays, blowing out his knee, blowing out his shoulder, whatever, and not getting this contract. I think it's a great deal for Baltimore. I think it sets them up good with some of the weapons they've got. But now he's now it now I think it was a great deal. Just all that all that hype, all the all the bluster, and I don't know if it was worth the wait. He was the biggest winner of the NFL draft. I can tell you that. Yes, sir. Show me the money. Hey, I, I wouldn't pay all that money for him, to be honest with you, because of the length of the contract. It's jammed in. It's going to make it difficult for the Ravens to really compete. You know, Kansas City, they made the contract with, um, uh, with the Chiefs, oh man, with their star quarterback, uh, Mahomes, yeah. but it's 10 years. These guys are getting these deals now in half the time. It's going to make these teams like Cleveland, Philadelphia eventually to compete, not now, um, uh, uh, Baltimore, it, 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 the Cardinals. You're paying these quarterbacks big money in a short amount of time. That leaves you a very small window to compete because what are you going to do? You've got to pay them. You kick the can down the road and just keep extending it and making it further because, you know, that's what the Jets are doing with Aaron Rodgers. They're going to pay him through 2027 when it's all over. And I think it's a hard road to go. And I think teams that draft these quarterbacks every five years and bring a new quarterback every five or six years in and start are the ones that I think this eventually could happen in the NFL where they just keep drafting a quarterback every six years. Let the other one go, get draft picks, and we'll build with a younger guy and keep a better team intact. Oh, I agree. I think that's coming in the NFL. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You know, that's a great point because they're all on rookie contracts. You know, you could you could build, you get that quarterback, then you build the offensive and defensive lines. I agree. I mean, or or you get a you get a veteran like Jared Goff, yeah, who's not on gigantic money. That could be number two avenue where you still can build the team. And you know, there were other. You asked me about. Um, I, I forgot about two other tight ends, and especially being from here, Darnell Washington of Georgia. Man, this guy's going to go in the second round and. Somebody's going to get one heck of a football player, along with Sam Laporta, the tight end out of Iowa. You're needing tight ends. The second round is for you. I I am really fascinated where all these tight ends are going. Well, Todd, this has been fun. Tell us again what you got going on today, and uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. At 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today, Stephen Rothner covers the Islanders for the Hockey News. We'll be on. You'll be able to get it live at Quarter Todd on Twitter. It's part of the ATL Prime Sports uh, uh, Sports Podcast at C-O-R-D-E-R Todd. We'll be on live. If not, you can listen to the replay on my account, or you can listen to ATL Prime Sports. You can listen to all the ATL Prime Sports um, on, on Twitter spaces, scanning through there. We talked a lot about the NHL. Coming to Atlanta, I'm a strong believer in the will. I was on local television getting interviewed about that uh, on Atlanta News First. You can go dig that clip up. Um, also, I can't wait for uh, college football for the SIAC to come up, HBCU football in the fall. Uh, that's going to be exciting. A lot of new coaches in the league. 
Next Monday, I'm going to the Clayton State Alumni Sports Banquet. I've been invited. I can't wait for that. I'm the voice of Clayton State basketball for men's and women's. Of course, you know I do junior hockey. And, of course, you and I will be together next year in St. Louis calling the ECHA Nationals. And I tell you what, that gets better every year. I do am looking forward to going back to the 10-day format instead of packing in in five, even though it worked well in Marlboro. Yeah, it's going to be fun doing that in St. Louis next year. A lot of uh, exciting things happening there. The ACHA was well represented over in Romania. The, uh, the Americans beat the Canadian team. Uh, both teams uh, in the World Cup of University Hockey. And so kudos to the ACHA for their representation there as well. Todd, thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the draft and enjoy the hockey. And we'll catch up with you again real soon. Yep, I'll have you on, on Twitter Spaces Live. You can go, I, we just did that the day before yesterday. You can go on the account and uh, you can listen to us having a nice conversation like we did today. Lou, thanks a lot for having me as always. You bet. Thanks, Todd. Todd Quarter from ATL Prime Sports joining us as uh, always insightful information there as uh, NFL's, the NFL's day one of the 2023 draft in the books. A lot of big surprises. Uh, some head scratchers. Uh, Houston got their guys. We talked about it with Philadelphia. Jalen uh, Carter at nine. Nolan Smith at 30. Amazing haul. I think the Eagles did fantastic. But, you know, again, as Todd mentioned, that word value. Value obviously is in the eye of the beholder. As a Lions fan, at first, you know, kind of a head scratcher, a couple of moves, getting Gibbs at 12, Campbell at 18. Not on my radar, not on a lot of people's radar, and but uh, these guys know what they're doing, and uh, they're going to be impact players. No, as uh, we get um, closer to the season, a lot of good players left in day two of the draft. I know my lines. We've got three picks in the second round, 34, 50, and 55, I believe. And as, as Todd mentioned, that's where a lot of these drafts are won and lost in the second, third, and fourth round as well. So we'll keep an eye on that. So day two of the draft coming up tonight, that's rounds two and three, and then the rest uh, tomorrow, four, five, six, and seven. How did your team do in the draft in day one? That's the poll that I've got on my Twitter account. That's at the real Captain Lou. I invite you to follow me on Twitter there. You can follow me on the Captain Lou Extravaganza Facebook page and also uh, my personal page at Lewis Gamlin on Facebook. And also subscribe to our channel. That's the Captain Lou Sports Network. We've got a lot of great things going on there with our podcast, the Captain Lou Extravaganza, as well as the ACHA Power Play, which will pick up back in September when the season starts for them as the road to St. Louis will kick off in the middle of September with us. So Stanley Cup playoffs, as we mentioned, coming up. A lot of game sixes tonight. This is amazing with uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs in round number one. You've got uh, um, six or seven, rather, of the eight series are going to game six. Only one team has clinched their ticket, punched their ticket, if you will, to game or the round two, that being the Vegas Golden Knights, as they dispatched of the Winnipeg Jets in five games, four games to one. Again, we've got a lot of game sixes coming up. Rangers and Devils. Devils got control of that one right now. Boy, they've got all the momentum of the world, but in the world. But as we talked about, the dominating teams have been on the road. 
road domination has been incredible this year in the playoffs. The Rangers, they can get any kind of goaltending play. They win game six, sets up a game seven. Toronto and Tampa Bay, we talk about it all the time. I've got Toronto and uh, Edmonton picked to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. It's going to be tough for Tampa to win three games in a row, but if there's a team that can do it, they can. Why do I got a feeling it's going to be game seven in uh, Tampa or in Toronto coming up on a Sunday night? Wow. It, this is setting up to be such a thrilling opening round of the NHL playoffs. You mentioned Dallas and Minnesota. That could go to game seven. I think Dallas is playing some of the best defensive hockey in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. And you've got Boston. Are they looking to close out against Florida? I think that's a pretty good bet. Although it's a road game, the road teams are dominating, as I mentioned. How much momentum can Florida gain now with that win in uh, Boston in game five? And, you know, the pressure's all on Boston now. It's, you know, they've got to go down there and win. And then if Florida can somehow pull that one off, go to Boston Garden or TD Garden, whatever you call it for game seven, all bets are off, baby. Hope you enjoy the draft. Hope you enjoy the playoffs and the Stanley Cup, the NBA playoffs, whipping into shape. The Bucks get beat one versus eight. They're out. Nick fans are just climbing the walls right now because they think that they've got a ticket to the uh, conference finals now. Can the Lakers come back and win game six after losing game five in Memphis? They'll close out and make a two versus seven, being the Lakers a seven seed, going on to potentially play either Sacramento or Golden State. A lot of intrigue there. So we'll talk more about that on Monday. That's right. We'll be back here Monday morning, 10 o'clock Eastern time, with another edition of the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We wrap it up by saying have a great weekend. It's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot to watch with the draft, the Stanley Cup finals, the NBA or Stanley Cup playoffs, I should say. Game six and potentially game sevens this weekend and on Monday. Wow. Setting up for a great weekend of sports. I hope you're entertained. I know you will be as I know I will be as well. All right. That's going to do it tonight. Again, I want to thank uh, Todd Quarter for joining us from ATL Prime, Prime Sports, talking about the NBA or the NFL draft and the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. And again, I want to thank the folks at Belly Up Sports. We are powered by Belly Up Sports, as always, here on the Captain Lou Sports Network. Check out bellyupsports.com for a complete list of podcasts and also the great articles that are written by a group of fantastic writers. We cover all the sports, big and small. That's here at bellyupsports.com. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us here this morning. Captain Lou saying keep your heads up, keep your sticks down, keep your feet moving, and as always, keep your minds open. Until Monday, have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the sports. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. You're on the Captain Lou Extravaganza. So long.